thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Comerica Park in Detroit. It's the Cleveland Indians 10, the Detroit Tigers 3. The Cleveland Indians snap that losing streak. They get back in the win column against a big night from a big night in Detroit. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And I told you Shane Bieber was must-watch TV. Now, I'll admit, just like some of you out there, after the Indians went up 5 nothing, I flipped over to the Browns game for a little bit, not going to lie. Uh, I was I was watching both. I had the Browns on the TV, I had the Indians on the phone, and uh, was watching both for most of the night. But it was a fun day for Cleveland sports all around. Man, I we're going to have to dig into the history books to find the last time that the Indians and the Browns won on the same day. Uh, not the Indians' fault on that one, by the way. So let's talk about this game. Let's get into it here. How did the Indians do it? Well, uh, apparently all you need is some birthday cake from Jose Ramirez, and that unlocks the Indians offense because uh, it was Jose Ramirez's birthday yesterday and he went off in the first inning. Jose Ramirez not wasting any time. Lindor actually let off the game with an attempt at a bunt single. That's one thing about moving him to the leadoff spot. It allows him to do stuff like that. Sometimes he does it to uh, just to beat the shift, you know, just to be an on-base guy, maybe getting on base early in the game makes him, you know, get him feeling good. Uh, it wouldn't work last night. He actually didn't have a hit last night. Uh, his walk brought in, and he had a walk in an RBI. So he ch- attempts to bunt to start the game. Cesar Hernandez grounds out, but then Jose Ramirez gets, I'm guessing was Casey Mize's splitter or his sinker. Casey Mize is a young rookie pitcher for the Tigers. He was the number one overall pick in the draft, I believe... Let me pull that up. I believe two years ago. Yes, 2018 number one pick. So that's who the Indians are facing yesterday. And I guess he throws a lot of pitches. So uh, Jose Ramirez gets a pitch right here that I'm telling you, if Casey Mize was pitching to Jose Ramirez in the home run derby, this is exactly the kind of pitch he would want him to throw, and Jose Ramirez would destroy that home run derby. In fact, I think he should keep Casey Mize's number on speed dial in case they ask him to do the home run derby next year. He should call him up because uh, this pitch was perfect. Just it floated right down the middle of the plate for him. So it's his 12th home run on the season. And Shane Bieber comes out, and Shane Bieber is throwing gas to start the game. He gets Victor Reyes to strike out swinging on a fastball. He gets Willie Castro strike out swinging on a fastball. uh, Three of his first four strikeouts came on fastballs. And then he started going to the curve, which I think is a really, really good sign for Shane Bieber. Establishing in the heat, and it's heat. I mean, it's coming in at 95 or so. It's heat. Establishing that early and then starting to use your curveball. And guys were completely off balance. They were shaking their head. They were, they were, uh, you know, swinging at balls that were bouncing in front of the plate, you know, on the plate. Roberto Perez back there was doing an excellent job of blocking everything, catching everything. He snagged a couple of these in the air, some of these curveballs. So uh, it's cool to see Shane Bieber establish the fastball first and then use the curveball as a strikeout pitch. The Indians would then 
come back up in the fourth, and that's where things really got fun. Casey Mize is still in there for the Tigers. He gives up a single to Cesar Hernandez, but then Jose Ramirez, this time he tries to throw him a fastball. It still had a lot of the plate, and Jose Ramirez drives it out to right field again for his 13th home run on the season, and it is a party in Motown for Jose Ramirez. Carlos Santana would then walk, make all those Walk-Tana fans happy. He still leads the league. I, I think it's a runaway at this point. Fermil Reyes would line out, but then Tyler Naquin would single to right. A good swing from Tyler Naquin. What did Naquin do on the day? It was one hit. One hit, one RBI, one run. So not a huge day, but Naquin's, Naquin's doing all right. He's hitting 262, 750 OPS. So he would single. Roberto Perez would then walk. Moving the bases loaded now, Josh Naylor would pop out. An infield fly rule. There you go. Um, and then Oscar Mercado, with two outs, would hit a big chopper to Isak Paredes at third base. It would hit off the heel of Paredes' glove. Santana would score. Everybody would move up a base. And everyone would be safe on the fielding error by Paredes. So, you know, you've got, you've got three choices up at bat. You can walk. You know, brings in a run. You could strike out, or you could put the ball in play. And when you put the ball in play, you take a guess, but you increase your odds of good things happening when you put the ball in play as opposed to striking out. So we've seen way, way, way too many Cleveland Indians hitters strike out in these situations. You know, runners in scoring position, um, bases loaded, two outs, how many two-out RBIs did we have yesterday? We had four two-out RBIs yesterday. We were two for six with runners in scoring position. But here's a situation here where Mercado puts it in play. It would have been – if Paredes comes up with this clean, he steps on third and he's out of the inning. But it was a huge chop. It was a big chop. And the last hop is always the worst one, and it eats up Paredes, and everybody's safe. Lidor would then walk. He works a full count and then walks, and it brings in the next run. And they're finally able to get Cesar Hernandez to strike out after they bring in Nick Ramirez. And Casey Mize is run from the game in the fourth inning. So Casey Mize's final line on the day is not pretty. He moves to 0-2. He takes the loss. He three and two-thirds, four hits, five runs, only three earned, three walks to one strikeout, and the two home runs. So not the day Casey Mize wanted to have. Shane Bieber, what does he do? He walks the leadoff hitter. Oh, boy, we can't be doing that. But then he strikes out the side. Gets Cabrera swinging, gets Candelario swinging, and gets Goodrum swinging. I mean, it's impressive. It's impressive. It's impressive that he gets this many strikeouts swinging. These guys haven't learned when they're down in the count that that curveball is coming. And he's not hes not mixing it up with the curveball. It's not like he's showing them some curveballs in the zone and then burying it in the dirt. When he gets ahead of you in the count, he's going to bury a curveball in the dirt, and they cannot lay off it. It just looks like it's coming at their knees. It looks like they're coming at their thighs, and then it just, the bottom just drops out. It is brutal. Probably one of the best pitches in baseball right now, along with, I think it's Devin Williams from the Brewers, his changeup. So, yeah, the some of the best pitches in baseball right now. Now, at this point, the Indians have a really comfortable lead. Bieber's pitching great. I flipped over to the Browns game for a little bit. I come back for the... Seventh inning, and uh, the Indians start having some fun again. So Lindor lined out to start the inning. Cesar Hernandez singles. 
Jose Ramirez keeps this party going by hitting a double into left field. It just got past Bonifacio out there. I think this was a situation where the Indians actually had to make a challenge on this one because a runner was tagged out originally on the field. But the call is overturned, and everybody is safe. Santana walks, loads the bases. This time, Fermil Reyes gets his chance. And Reyes had been struggling a little bit lately. He's, uh, his average has dropped to 283. But this time, he gets a chance with the bases loaded, and he hits a chopper up the middle. It's a dribbler up the middle. It gets into center field. Cesar Hernandez scores. Jose Ramirez scores. And Santana goes all the way to third. And if I've learned anything from baseball movies, Crash Davis and Bull Durham taught me that the difference between hitting 250 and 300 is one extra hit a week. One bloop, one seeing eye single, one grounder with eyes, and that's exactly what Fermil Reyes got here. And it is. That's the difference. I mean, that's why they keep stats like bat bip, right? Batting average balls in play. Because it's a good measure to see sometimes. Sometimes a guy's just lucky. Sometimes a guy hits a little chopper up the middle, and it just scoots through and scores two runs. So, like we said, when you put the ball in play, you increase your chances of good things happening. Tyler Naquin would then ground into a force out. Uh, they try to turn the double play on him, but Tyler Naquin beats it out at first. So that allows Santana to come into the score. That makes it 8 nothing Indians. And, I mean, the route the route was already on at 5 nothing. The route is definitely on now at 8 nothing. Bieber stays out there, gets three ground outs. Man, he must have had a lot of ground outs yesterday. Let's take a look at the box score here. It was split 5-5. Five to five. So, uh... He gets the 10 strikeouts, 5 groundouts, and 5 flyouts. All right. I don't think Bieber is really known as a flyball or a groundball pitcher yet in his career. I, I think you're probably going to see a mix of that. I mean, he's known as a strikeout pitcher. That's what he's known for. Indians come up in the 8th, and they add on, they pile on here. Josh Naylor singles to start the inning this time. Mercado does strike out. Lindor strikes out. But then Cesar Hernandez gets a big hit, a double, a line drive into left field. It brings Josh Naylor in to score. So that's big for the Indians. Just keep piling on. 9-0 now. This time, Jose Ramirez is up, and this time he gets a ball that is down and away. And I'm pretty sure Underwood made the joke on the broadcast, or somebody on Twitter made the joke. But uh, when coaches say just throw the bat at the ball, this is not what they're talking about because the bat literally leaves Jose Ramirez's hands. That's how... That's how hard he was trying to reach this pitch down and away and just make contact, just stay alive, just put it in play. He literally throws the bat at it, and he's able to knock it off the middle, and Cesar Hernandez comes in to score, makes it 10 nothing. So for Jose Ramirez yesterday, four for five with four RBIs and three runs score, that's a fun birthday celebration right there. All right, the eighth. The eighth inning. Shane Bieber comes back out to pitch the eighth inning. He was getting close to 100 pitches, I believe, at this point. He gets Austin Romine to strike out swinging to start the inning. Great. Looking good. Isak Paredes then doubles on him on a line drive to right field. And at this point, it's like, why are we leaving Shane Bieber in the game? He'd, he was over 100 pitches at this point. He already had nine strikeouts. He already he had a shutout going. Like, you know... Give Shane Bieber a break at this point. 
but he sticks with him. You could clearly see he was missing with the curveball. His command wasn't what it was. You could see he was laboring here. The fastball was starting to slow down. He still battles against Daz Cameron, and he gets Cameron to strike out on a foul tip. Okay, he got the strikeout. Pull him at this point, right? Let him leave on a high note. No, he leaves him in the pitch the end finish the inning. Now he's like up over 110 pitches. He would eventually throw 118 pitches on the day. A wild pitch moves Isak Paredes up to third. He ends up walking Derek Hill, who pinch hit for Victor Reyes. After the walk, get him out of the game. Okay, here comes Sandy Elam out of the dugout. Fine, good. He's going to take him out of the game. No, they have a conversation, and it gives them one more batter. No, at that point, you have to be responsible as the manager and say, hey, Ace, hey, Ace Bieber, you pitched fantastic today. You're clearly running on fumes. You're clearly out of gas. I don't want to hurt your arm. I don't want to waste you. We need you down the stretch here. Go hit the showers. You did great. Go have a slice of Jose Ramirez's birthday cake. This one's on us. We'll finish this game for you. No. He leaves him in. He says, hey, can you do it? I I would love to hear what happened in this conversation. He says, hey, can you do it? Bieber says, yeah, I can do it. Instead, he gives up a line drive to Willie Castro on, I believe, a fastball that was at like 91 or something like that. So he gives up a line drive home run to Willie Castro. It scores three runs, and it's a blemish on what should have been a perfect game from Shane Bieber. Not perfect game in sense of, you know, the baseball term is perfect game, but a really, really good game from Shane Bieber. So Cam Hill comes in, he gets a ground out to end the inning, and then Cam Hill would pitch a really good ninth inning. He gets a ground out, he gets Nico Goodrum to strike out, and then he gets Jorge Bonifacio to strike out swinging to end the game. And Cam Hill, someone who got sent down, I believe he got sent down for a little bit there when they made the trade and they um, and they needed to move things around. Yeah, after the trade, he was optioned to the alternate site. He was brought back on September 11th, and uh, Cam Hill's had a pretty, pretty good season. His whip is, I think, his whip is the lowest on the team is 0.60. He's got 13 strikeouts in 15 innings. He's only 26 years old. He, uh, this is his rookie season. So, uh, yeah. Cam Hill could be a name. I know he's not. We'll, we'll have to dive into Cam Hill at some point and learn all these Indians relievers. But he's probably a name that's going to bounce around this bullpen for a while. Just remember like the Paul Ossemachers used to and the Shoeys and the Eric Plunks, uh, you know, the Ricardo Rincones. We always had decent kind of uh, mid-game relievers and uh, – mid-relief arms. So Cam Hill might be one of those guys. I don't know. We'll take a look. But Bieber gets the win. He moves to 8-1, and 7-2-thirds, four hits, three earned runs, two walks, and 10 strikeouts with the one home run being the only blemish on the day. And Bieber is just cooking here. Looking at the American League pitching stats here, Bieber is far away running away with this AL Cy Young Award. He's got two more wins than anybody else in the American League. He's got the lowest ERA in the American League, 1.74 ERA. The next closest is Dallas Keuchel at 2.19, who I believe has dealt with some injuries. He might be injured right now, actually. Lance Lynn is at 2.4. Kenta Maeda, 2.52. 
Garrett Cole at 3.0. So that's the competition in ERA. As far as innings pitched, he just ekes out Lance Lynn for the most innings pitched. Who knows? Maybe that's why Alomar left him in there last night. Strikeouts, it is a runaway contest for Shane Bieber. He's got 112 strikeouts. The next closest is Garrett Cole at 87 and Lucas Giolito at 86. Remember, this is just the American League here. At whip, Kenta Maeda still has him on whip. He's at 0.76. That's walks, hits per inning pitch. A very important stat for pitchers. Uh, 0.76 for Kenta Maeda. Shane Bieber is at 0.86. So uh, just behind him. Marco Gonzalez from Seattle. Get to know that name. He's at 0.90 whip. Lance Lynn is at 0.95. And Garrett Cole is at 0.98. Those are your five pitchers all under zero on whip. Taking a look at some of the expanded stats, strikeouts per nine innings. As you can guess, it goes to Shane Bieber. He's at 13.94, almost at 14 strikeouts per nine innings. Garrett Cole is at 11.86. That's the next closest. Case per walks actually goes to Marco Gonzalez. He uh, he only strikes out 8.42 per nine innings, but he only walks 0.79 batters per nine innings. How many walks does Marco Gonzalez have on the season here? Marco Gonzalez has only given up five walks in nine starts. That's impressive to 53 strikeouts. That is impressive. So there you go. Uh, Those are some of the advanced stats for the pitchers. And Shane Bieber is clearly clearly going to be the AL Cy Young this year. It would be interesting to uh, see what would have happened in a 162-game season because there are some other guys that are pitching pretty good. But, yeah, he's definitely running away with it. And he will be in the conversation for MVP. I know there are some guys that are tearing the cover off the baseball right now out there on the West Coast. But Shane Bieber will definitely be in that conversation for AL MVP along with the Cy Young Award. All right, MVP for the day. This might be the first time it doesn't go to Shane Bieber in one of his starts. I don't know. If you want to really go back through old episodes and tell me, be my guest. But MVP for a day goes to the birthday boy, Jose Ramirez. Like we said, four hits, four RBIs, three runs scored. He had two home runs and a double. He's got his OPS up to nine 12, and that is a good OPS. If you're over 800, you are doing good, and over 900 means you are doing fantastic. So a 276 average and a 912 OPS for Jose Ramirez right now. So he gets MVP for a day. But that's why it's MVP for a day, because we got to come back and do it tomorrow. And tomorrow, it's going to be Zach Plesak on the mound. He's going against Michael Fulmer for the Tigers. Fulmer is not having a good season at all. His ERA is at 9.27. So that'll be a 7 o'clock game. Then remember, Saturday, we dip into a 6 o'clock game. And then Sunday is a 1 o'clock game. And there's no Browns game on. So while you're keeping track of your fantasy football teams, you can watch the Indians play the Tigers on Sunday. So that's what's coming up tomorrow, and I think that's all my thoughts. I mean, it was a fun win. The Indians' offense unloaded. Now, the key to this is going to be keeping the offense rolling. We've seen this before. We've seen outbursts from the Indians' offense before. Back in August, if you remember, they scored 14 runs on Seattle. The next day, they scored 
or St. Louis, I'm sorry, not Seattle. They scored 14 runs on St. Louis. The next day they come back and score two. Who else did they explode against? They scored 10 against Detroit earlier in the season, earlier in August. They come back and score three the next day. So we've seen this offense unload a couple of times, and then it gets really quiet the next day. So the key is going to be keeping this going because we need to sweep the Tigers. There's no doubt about it. We need to sweep the Tigers. Right now in the standings, we actually move into the seventh seed in the American League. We passed Toronto. So right now we would face Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs. And I don't know about you, but I do not want to face Tampa Bay. Those guys are freaking good. I might rather face the White Sox just because we know them. Uh, but right now we would face Tampa Bay, but we're creeping up. We can't move up in the standings without taking over the second spot in the division. We're three games behind Minnesota right now, and we don't play them for the rest of the season. We do get a chance to play the White Sox. Technically, we're six games back, but we're not eliminated from the division just yet. We got four against the White Sox, so there is a chance for the Indians to climb. Minnesota lost yesterday. Chicago and Cleveland both won. So that's where we're at at the standings right now. And the Indians have a chance. We need to take at least three out of four from the Tigers, if not sweep the Tigers here, and get ourselves set up in a good position to then face the White Sox and the Pirates at home. So that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Detroit. It was the Indians 10 the Tigers 3. We'll be back tomorrow to cover Zach Plesak. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can now email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.